From the time we are born, we are placed in a bubble. It may be a result of where we are born, the people we are around, or the information we are given. Our mission here on the Sports is a Job podcast is to pop the bubble and help everyone realize they control their own path. We will interview people working in sports to share their story and provide our take on sport industry topics. Hosted by Colby Castillo and Olivia Putin. Welcome to the Sports is a Job podcast. Do you have a passion that you just can't stop talking about and you would love to share with others? Or maybe you have ideas or topics that you would really like to express your voice on and need a platform to do that. The answer to that is to start a podcast. And like yourself, when I first started, I Googled how to start a podcast and a million different ideas popped up. And when you're confronted with a million different options, it's hard to choose one. And so what I use personally for sports as a job and what I do on the side when I consult people to start a podcast, I direct them towards anchor.fm. And the reason why I do that and why I use it personally is that Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. Like many other people, you didn't think you could get on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts. Well, Anchor will distribute to all those platforms and more. And the creation tools will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. The best part, you could even make money from your podcast with no minimum, minimum listenership required. It's everything you need a podcast in one place. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now take a listen to the episode brought to you straight from Anchor. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports as a Job podcast. As always, I am one half of the podcast. My name is Kobe Castillo, and as always, joined by the other half here. Hey, everyone. Back for another episode. This is Olivia Patine. We have a special guest. I believe the first of his position. I don't think we've ever had anybody in this position or even yep. just in football in general. But coming from the University of Kansas, I would like to introduce Edward Jones II, otherwise known as Ed. How are we doing today? Doing well. <laughs> doing well. Thank you guys for having me. Um, I'm excited to be the first football staffer on the podcast and excited to be here. I'm, I, I geek out. I was geeking out before this because I love football. Olivia's mm-hmm. more of the soccer person. Mm-hmm. So when I was like, let's get a football person on. And obviously, we've been in the talks for a while now. So I'm glad that we're able to actually make this happen. So if you could let everybody know what it is your current position is today and kind of what it is that you do as the director of player development. Gotcha. So I'm the director of player development for Kansas football. And in my role, my biggest role, Coach Miles has hired me to take care of the development of our players outside of the game of football. I created a program in my previous university, University of Houston. It's called the Beyond the Field program. And in that, what I do is create generational impact. So oftentimes student athletes struggle with their identity during and after the game of sport, football in our case. So what we do is we, we have created a program that helps them find their purpose through personal wellness, community impact, and career development. And I think that's super important because as an athlete, you know, our identity is as an athlete. And when we lose that, that transition into the real world is very a very difficult one. And one thing I want to start with is in your journey, I noticed that you made the jump from high school to University of Houston. And in my experience of seeing a lot of people when it comes to career-wise, you don't see a lot of people make that jump from high school to a big university like University of Houston. So now tell me about your experiences as a safety coach, 
um, coaching wide receivers, but also at Fort at Fort Bender High Tower High School, where it seems like you were the jack of all trades. How did that really help you uh, make that jump to the University of Houston? Yeah, so um, coaching was awesome. Um, the whole process of becoming a high school coach was was good. I had an opportunity to play. I played high school football and had an opportunity to play at smaller schools, but I wanted to go to University of Houston because I wanted to study sports administration. I tried out to Houston, didn't make the team, but I was at a university where the degree plan that I wanted was there, so I was fine with that. And as time went on, people were like, hey, you should coach, and it kind of connected to me because when I was a player, I wasn't that – there were – a lot of my teammates were more athletically gifted than I was. <laughs> me to stay on the field, I had to literally know every single thing that I had to do and the reason why – basically what we did as a defense, why we did it, why we had this call, why were we in this position, why I had to be there. And so what happened was I began coaching my teammates. Like, hey, man, you know, after their coach, they, you know, they get ripped by their coach and they're like, oh, man, he's getting them. Like, no, he's not getting on you. Like, dude, we're literally getting destroyed because you're not where you're supposed to be. <laughs> so I would coach and I, like my position coach, like, hey, man, you should think about coaching. So I got into coaching. I did three years. Um, I've coached every single position except for quarterback. I don't, I don't think I ever want to coach position. Um, and then at, I was 23, I was at a school, Silex High School in Cypress, Texas, uh, which is north, northwest Houston. Um, and I just kind of wanted a change in my life. Um, so <clears throat> my alma mater, which is southwest Houston. And in Hightower, like you, you're not lying, I was jack of all trades. I coached receivers, which was fun, but receivers are receivers. You know, they're, um, they're, I, I love them. I love them, but a personality in that room. Um, so that was, that in and of itself was a lot, but then I handled the recruiting of our student athletes. I handle our academic aspect. I handled the social media, uh, planned events. And so for me, I was single and I was just trying to grab as much as possible. I was, I knew at some point I would want a family. So I didn't want coaches with families to stay behind doing stuff. So I just grabbed it. Like, hey, coach, I don't worry about it. I'll do that. And it just, I didn't have nothing else to do. And so what it prepared me for was college in my position. Now player development is like those three, I could make it look really nice and say, Oh, it's personal wellness, community impact and career development, but it's really an umbrella with about 40, some 40 things you got to touch, you know, throughout the year. And so what that taught me was being able to excel at different things. So being a high school coach, it didn't trap me into everything has to be a certain way. So personally, when I look at my career and I look at people who have worked in college athletics for multiple years, they're used to titles and having this person, this person does this, this person does that. Well, in high school, it's like, it's got to get done. So you do a little bit of everything and it creates this um, uh, utility player type, um, for those that know baseball, uh, utility player type mentality. Um, and that has helped me succeed on this level. Each one of us has been involved in athletics at the college and high school level. So I guess for you, You've been coaching a lot before you had this position. Um, mm -hmm. Since you worked with athletes while coaching, are there any tools from your toolkit that you learned there that also applies to your job now? Absolutely. Um, the one thing I, I always liked about high school is you can't uh, – whoever walks into the door, you have to find a way to succeed. You know, there was no recruiting. Um, and I think that helped me as far as situations now, right? So, like – situations may arise, you know, there's, there's emergencies, there's things that happen. You, you guys understand in athletics. And so um, just having that, that, that base, um, what do I call it? 
call it base understanding of like nothing nothing really can like frazzle you you know you just mm-hmm. you go from dealing with 14 year olds to 18 year olds so like literally getting guys as they transition and you know the different things and literally you go to an 18 year old who still may still dealing with that so um it's helped me big time in how to communicate um how to understand where they're coming from i think that's a big big piece um i think also i taught freshmen for nine for six years so dealing with the the transition right those students are transitioning to a new school (laughs) that helps me with freshmen as they transition to a new school so um just how i handle things and not being nothing really like just me being like, look, we're going to find a way to get it done. If that makes sense. Now, one of the things like for us personally, this podcast and the sports of the job media company itself, we're trying to build a resource that we wish we had when we were younger in our careers. And you were a former student athlete. So I'm kind of curious, what are certain resources you wish you had when you were a student athlete? I think the big thing is uh, just you, you just wish people would talk to you about your identity outside of student athlete. Like in Texas, football is king. And so like that's, you're just a football player, you know, and it's like, you know, Hey coach, I like reading coach. I like, you know, watching national geographic documentaries. Like it's not going to make me that less tough of a player. Like I'm still going to play hard, you know? And I think that that's a big deal. Um, identity. Um, not this, I don't want to call it training, but just, um, maybe identity exposure. Like we did a, a, a here at Kansas, uh, we have a student athlete development department and they did a, like a, a, I forgot what it's called, but like a personality test and like amazing just to see like so many students, Oh my goodness, that's me. Like just yeah, that's you as a person and you may see it as an athlete. So I think that would have been great. Cause I still see a lot of my former teammates like struggle. Like we do. Yeah. We play football. But we're not football players. Like, you know, yeah. just, just a side note, this, so a couple of weeks ago, I was scrolling on Twitter and the Texas high school football account popped up because I think someone I follow liked one of their tweets. So I just looked up their account and the Texas high school football account has 146.8 thousand followers, yeah. which is incredible. Like that's incredible. And I think that shows like, you know, what you do is really important because I mean, I feel like I struggled with this as well. Like I remember my sophomore year in college, my old boss, Sean Smith at Crookston, he was like, look, I really want to do an article. I want you to do like t- a Players Tribune type of article. Right. Um, and I remember at the end of this article, I said like, I don't know what I'm going to do when I don't play soccer anymore because that's all I've done since I was like eight. So I think like what you do is really, really important. And I feel like, a lot of people kind of take what you do for granted. And a lot of people probably don't know that there's a job like this, but um, I just think that what you do like is extremely important. And I guess there's some athletes at some schools, like at Kirkson, like, I don't think Kobe, did we even have a, we don't have a program like that. Did we? No. So that was actually, so I actually work at the university of Minnesota Kirkson that I graduated from. And we actually started a program called life after the game just this semester, which was, a super big priority for me because I was the former student athlete. I went through the program. So I was like, we need a program to really help these senior student athletes deal with that transition. Because again, like you were saying, I think back about Friday night lights. I mean, when these guys were with the show, I don't know if you watched it, but like after they're done with football, 
they don't know what happens next. They're sticking around at their old high school. They're sticking around with their buddies. They're, they're being coaches, but it's understanding that you do have talent outside of being an athlete. What you learn as an athlete can be applied elsewhere. And I think that's super important. And one of the most cool things that you say, which I really want to talk about, is that hashtag generational impact. Mm-hmm. And that made me think about generational wealth, right? And I oh, was yeah. trying to think like what maybe that was the, the motive behind that. But like generational wealth for people to understand is like coming up with so much money or coming up with a business that, that produces generational wealth where it goes beyond just you, your grandchildren, great-grandchildren will benefit from that. So tell mm-hmm. me about this generational impact that you seem to really, really try to push. So really, we're really, so when I came from being a high school coach to the University of Houston, Tom Herman told me that I'd be the director of player development and high school relations. Now, granted, I didn't know what that meant, but I was excited to be on a college staff. And I honestly thought that I'd be a position coach in five years and a head coach at 15. So I still wanted to coach. We had an a, um, alumni event where this player, big time player in the 90s, his name, his image, his trophies, his records were all over our building. He came back to the event and he was homeless. And I remember thinking like, how is that even possible? Like, and it wasn't based off the decisions that he made. It was even in his homelessness, we're not going to stop, you know, putting his trophy up. We're not. So so at at the end of the day, it's not about his decisions, right? Because we're going to continue to have his stuff up. And so that just bothered me like for like two weeks. And I finally like hung up my whistle and uh and i just dove into player development and so the generational impact came from that i want our players like so you talk about generational wealth and generational wealth creates opportunities or gives people opportunities that others don't have so in our generational impact with our players what we want to do is give them the tools now to create opportunities for their son for their grandson for their great-grandson or grand or for their daughter granddaughter great granddaughter, their kids, their, their, their family. And, um, that generational impact is, is, is comparative to generational wealth. Now I, you know, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a man of, of faith and there's some, you know, you, you dig into the old Testament, they talk about generational curses, right? So then it, it's also attack against that, right? So we want to, there's some players that like, they believe what they believe, like, you know, and it's, it's, it's frustrating. I was actually talking to a high school coach about this the other day. There's high school kids that they're the first one to get a diploma in their, in their family, but th- their family has this thought process of like, oh yeah, you just, you just going to work. You just going to do this, you know? And it's like getting our guys to realize, Hey, you can get a salary job with benefits or like, this is a possibility or you can get your education after your, your, your undergrad. Like there's things. So for me, it was really like just creating that um, that aspect of um, of just the impact in others' lives. Now, what I realized in the last couple of years of doing it is that the generational impact. I'm sorry, I'm trying to figure out this light, and I know it's not bothering y'all, but it's bothering. <laughs> no worries at all. There you go. So in so in the uh, in the past, it didn't it it really didn't. Um, how do I say this? it didn't dawn on me that we were creating generational impact for other individuals also. So when we do our community impact, we're creating generational impact. And as I sat down and thought about it, I was like, that makes sense. So our players, like in Houston, our guys were from Houston. A lot of our guys were from Houston. So we were making impact in their areas. When in Lawrence, Kansas, a lot of guys aren't from here. We have a player like last night, one of the players was 
he's from San Francisco, he's in the Bay Area, and he was um, texting me. He's like, hey, coach, man, you know, I was out helping some kids with techniques and things like that. And he was like, it reminded me of you and what you said we can do. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. Like, he's right. Like, he's created generational impact in others' lives based off what he's learning here. So not only can he impact his family, but he can impact his community. And then in the personal wellness, when you think about mental, physical, spiritual, financial, all that, then you have an impact on other individuals because of the way you interact with them and whatever. So it's an all-encompassing generational impact with every single person you're influenced based off things that we're teaching them now. That's powerful. I know um, before um, you mentioned your long-term goal as eventually head coach 15 years down the road, Mm -hmm. you know, it sounds like what you do has made a really big impact on yourself as well as doing other players. Has that long-term goal changed or do you see yourself staying in this field? rather than coaching. Yeah, that, that goals change. I couldn't see myself as a head coach. There's some people that think it could happen because some people think mm-hmm. that it's turning to a person that would like me, who like, a, a, like I'm, I feel like, and this is the, it's changed off the, off the field, but I feel like I'm the head coach of our players off the field. Yeah. And, and so, I, I, sorry, I did not mean to interrupt you, but I was just going to say like your position is so important to these people's lives because like, you know, a head football coach, they can prepare you for a game and they can prepare you for practice. And yes, they will have like a huge impact on your life down the road. But I feel like you're the head coach of like a career outside of football and you need to help you touch every single person on the football field, whether that be in, in school and um, in the workforce. So I just, yeah, I, I can see why that would that would impact what your long-term goal is, but I did not mean to interrupt you so you can finish oh, what you were saying. No, you're good. It's it's what you said. Like, I had that observation because if I, if I become a position coach, and Kobe, you know this from football, if I become a position coach, okay, I got 15 guys under my watch. Mm-hmm. And I get to know other players. If I become a head coach, I get caught up in – Okay, we gotta have this meeting. 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 Okay, who we're we hiring? Okay, let's watch this. What are we doing? This uh, media, you know, I gotta go to this every Thursday. I gotta go to this. You know, a, pay, a player come to my office. Say, hey, coach, I need to talk to you. Well, hey, I gotta go to this. Um, I got a head coach roundtable deal. I gotta go to. And so it's just interesting. Like I, I love my position because I am truly there's there's and if you look at a football organization, there's the the strength coach gets every single player. Um, and it's sports, same for you in soccer. The strength coach gets every player. Sports medicine gets every player. The dietitian, she gets every player. Operations gets every player. And then I get every player, you know? And and it's just like, why? why like, and what, based off talking about what you're talking about, Olivia, I get every player now for a long time past their time here. The strength coach has them for as long as they're here. Mm-hmm. You know, the dietitian has them for as long as they're here. The sports medicine person has them for as long as they're on campus I have them honestly building relationships for the rest of their life they hit me up two years from hey coach I need I got a guy at you know one of my former he graduated he's in my former university he hit me up hey coach you know do you mind do you know anybody in Houston yeah I get them so I get to become a head coach and 10 years from now I have you know 1500 players you know they'll get to coach if necessary so you mentioned that you get to help these players after they graduate even like two years down the road how Mm -hmm. um do you are so are you still involved with those people with those players heavily or is it just usually like a check-in or I guess like 
if let's say an athlete graduated and has been two years since they've been playing football at Kansas, what are ways that you help them still in that, in that regard? Yeah. So, uh, biggest thing is them reaching out. Cause it is tough. You know, I got 115 current players. So them reaching out is, is big. Uh, one thing I, that I didn't do at Houston, I'm doing a better job now is I follow them on all their social medias, follow them on Instagram, Facebook. So then these former players, when they, when they hit, like I'm, I'm following a lot of my old high school players I coached back, 10 years ago when I first got into the game or 11 years ago, when I first got into the game. Like now they're getting married and they're getting jobs. And cause now they were 14 or 13 when I, when I was with them, now they're 23, 24, 25. And it's like, you know, um, I get to see that. So that's one way I do it like social media, but then they reach a lot of them will reach out. Or if I see them, you see them at games, they'll come back. Hey coach, I'm coming in town. And, and, but what I'm really working on right now is an alumni program like a okay let's check up on them six months after they graduate okay let's check up a year let's check on them a year and a half and then let's give a two-year check-in and just having that two-year I think the two-year is kind of a good because you get a three-year four-year five-year I think that that adds a lot to your plate um I think I want to have an intentional check-in within the two years and then be open to everybody past that you guys do some sort of like mentorship program like do you guys do something where you bring in the old alumni to talk to the the current team or things like that yeah so we had that i actually had that schedule before covid hit and what mm-hmm. we're gonna do is um so i'm learning a lot about generation z uh when i was growing up mentorship i understood it and not saying that y'all don't uh that generation but you have to it's got to it's you know like when I was, if I was a student athlete, they're like, hey, you need to get a mentor. I would go get one. Like mm-hmm. I tell them now, and they're like, man, I'm not doing that, you know? And so what we're doing is we're creating opportunities. So one thing I was going to do is a lunch and learn. And so I would invite, uh, like the first guy I was going to invite was, he's a former player. He played in the NFL and he's a finance guy. Just bring him to lunch. Like I'm, and, and it, our athletes are like, I'm already doing too much. So I'm just going to bring the alumni to what our guys have to do. Y'all got to come eat lunch in the building. And have him sit down and I'm in there. Hey, guys, I want to let y'all know so-and-so will be here today at lunch. He works in the financial field. If you have any questions, please stop by and see him. Next week we'll have so-and-so, you know, and then having him at practice. We do that. But I'm really working on ingraining alumni into things that we are already doing. Um, we do. We are thinking about doing a mentorship program um, at some point for I'm thinking maybe seniors or, uh, you know, the we're assessing the maturity level of our players and then getting them into uh, mentorships, but it is important. And the one thing I love is our alumni are really, really excited about being a part of it. Yeah. I mean, that's big. I think that's even something that we've tried to work on is to see if we can get the alumni to really speak about their experiences that they went through to help bridge that gap when that transition now, you know, since your first year of Houston at Houston, I'm sure you went through a lot of things, a lot of ups and downs. So if Mm -hmm. you could go back to that first year and tell yourself in that time, like a piece of advice or something to expect to really be able to handle that up and down roller coaster ride, what would you tell yourself? I would tell myself, um, well, because it was just me and my, we were engaged, we'd have kids, Mm -hmm. tell myself, start typing ideals, typing the program. So right when I got the program, I should have just been typing everything, just typing until I can't stop. Um, that's one thing. Um, I would have told myself to network 
And really, when you get with somebody like him, call them, call people. Somebody does something well, call them. Hey, man, how'd y'all do that? I really, really like that. You know, I think being in football, my first job, I was so competitive. It was like, I watched programs see, okay, we did this better than they did it. Rather than, hey, that's a good job. We want to do it. Let's do it this way. I think I would be more collaborative than um, and then the last thing, I think I would have just been, um, it, it's just, a, it's a, you know, a human, how do I, uh, desire to be, um, feel a part of something. And I, coming from high school to college, I, I had to find my groove and find where I was at, but it's just like, I should have just done what I did, what I wanted to do. And, you know, and I'm not saying I didn't, but like, the people who I thought like that I was trying to impress are now like the people reaching out to me like, hey, you're doing an incredible job. I'm like, dude, you're like, you know, so um, that was just one thing I would tell myself when I was young, like, just just get it done. Like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what people think. I'm here for the players. I have a entire, I have a big sign up in my office that says, I am here for student athletes. Myself that. So um, that's something I would tell my younger self. That's big. I mean, you said right there, instead of comparing yourself, collaborate with somebody. Mm-hmm. It not, it's not comparison. I mean, we're all in the sports industry, all working in college athletics. At the end of the day, like that thing in your office, it's about the student athlete. Correct. And Ed, I appreciate you coming onto the podcast and sharing your journey. Um, for everybody listening out there, we want to make sure maybe they can reach out to you as a resource to connect or network or for a mentor. Where can they find you on the social media platforms? Yeah, so uh, it's at ed underscore jones two on um twitter and instagram and then i'm pretty active on linkedin also and it's just edward jones a second well we appreciate you coming on the episode and for everybody listening out there we appreciate your time and like we always say we are all on our own individual journeys but you are not alone